with uh, Lost Weekend here at Gifts Around the Nation on Triple M. Good morning, everybody. Welcome aboard. It's uh, myself, Tony Martin. Finally coming here. Ed Cavalier Clear, of course. Basketball uh, coach we discovered yesterday. The White Shadow, we're calling him. And pushing the buttons, Richard Marklin, the only man from the road team not to go over to the United States. We'll be investigating that later. Mm. And on today's show, you could win gift vouchers worth $1,800, liquor, apparel including women's underwear, and most bizarre of all, a mask which changes voice to sound like Darth Vader, the villain from the Star Wars movies. Yes, it's the Mayor of Darwin Prize back. What a booty. That's got to be great, isn't it? Why aren't you out there in the States with them, Rich? I don't know. I mean, I'd love to be. Obviously, I've got my get this commitments. Mm. Oh, that's true. And uh, <laughs> that's right. Who would be pushing buttons? The, the old saying in the showbiz world: never have a sick day, never take a day off. No, that's true. It's very true. Ed would have to push the buttons if you weren't here, and we all know what happened the last time. And I'd also have to wear your two-tone brown T-shirt that you've uh, decided to sport underneath. Yeah. An orange striped polo shirt today, which I like. Many, many looks of Richard Martin. And, you know, we could talk about that all morning, and I know we've got big issues to canvas. Why were there laughs under the Flintstones while we're discussing off-air? Talking about that off-air. I didn't know there were jokes in the Flintstones <laughs> until Richard just told me that. But what about this Henny's case? We've not really talked about it on the show. No, I, I don't know anything about this. Well, who knows? Is he innocent? Is he guilty? That's not for Triple M radio announcers to decide, I'm guessing. Isn't it? Well, but... Yeah, I think the federal police were making some markings in Tim Zura's diary as well. Oh, really? No, that's what I want to talk about. A new bungle has emerged in the investigation. So what's Hanif been up to? Well, listen to this. AFP officers wrote the names of overseas terror suspects okay. in Dr. Hanif's personal diary. Okay. So they took some notes in his diary. Okay. Only to later grill him during an interrogation over whether he had written the potentially incriminating ah. notes himself. Even though they were in different handwriting, that's right, giving a different pen. Now, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Well, luckily, we've managed to obtain the, uh, the recording. What, an exclusive? An exclusive yeah. recording of the interrogation. Check this out. Now, Dr. Hanif, very interesting uh, list of names in the back of your diary here. Uh, just for the record, did you or did you not list the names and contact details of several suspected suicide bombers, that's right, in the back of your own personal diary. Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> is this or is this not your own handwriting? No, that is not. Oh, come on, Dr. Henning. What? Well, uh, my apologies. Uh, turns out that is Officer Rivington's handwriting. He uh, made that list himself due, no doubt, to a shortage of notepaper in the department. Uh, he was obviously forced to make his notes in the back of Exhibit A. Somebody had conducted a forensic 
He's uh, berating us for not mentioning Sheffield Shield cricketer Ian Rigglesworth. Uh, sorry, that's a massive oversight. But listen to this though, P.S. I quite enjoyed Short Bus and the fruit that it offered. Oh, yeah. My missus and I hired it, and then after watching it, uh-huh. we shagged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a double feature with Short Bus and that other real sex film. Bambi. Nine songs. And then Bambi. Oh, right. All right, so you're going to get us recommending nine songs now. Yeah. And then Intimacy. Yeah. Don't forget Intimacy. Oh, yeah. the first, it was the first film where real gear uh, went into proper cinemas and that. I'm sure there was one before that, wasn't there? No, not, not only just like proper fruit. No, all right. Midnight Run, there's a good night in front of the telly. Anyway, Tone, what were you saying? Uh, what I was saying was uh, this Glenn Wheatley business. He's, oh, been, Wheat, yeah. he's been in prison for a week now. And what I love it is because the Murdoch papers, they love nothing more than a rich person being in prison and then running a comparison of what they have to eat in prison as oh, to yeah. what they have in the real world. Yeah. But, of course, nobody's actually been able to get a list of what it is that Glenn Wheatley eats when he's not in jail. So there's just this kind of... they had to do these tenuous links. So in the Melbourne Herald Sun on the weekend, you have this phrase in the newspaper. Wheatley's breakfast was cereal and toast. And then a quote. Certainly a far cry from smoked salmon and scrambled eggs and freshly squeezed juice at a Department of Corrections sauce. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's no suggestion that that quite detailed and intricate and specific list is what he normally has. No. So someone at the Department of Corrections has just come up with a list of stuff, the breakfast expert, that they might have if they were rich and they were living yeah. outside of prison. Absolutely right. You just say anything. His breakfast was cereal and toast. Certainly a far cry from 12 post-impressionist masters and a plate of freshly cut diamonds said a Department of Corrections sauce. I mean, that's just as an authentic comparison. Makes this as much sense. His breakfast was cereal and toast. Certainly said a Department of Corrections sauce. Makes just as much sense. Just as accurate. Then we have in the Australian, this is a beauty, this was in the Australian uh, yesterday. According to Corrections Victoria, the state spends $204.50 a day. The price of a good lunch at a top restaurant. Yep, big time. Looking after its prisoners. That's a pretty expensive lunch, isn't it? Mm. Even for like a top restaurant. It's not Sizzler. I mean, if they're saying top restaurant, they mean Sizzler. But and for $204 at Sizzler, it's rich. We could eat salad bar for the rest of our lives. But there's no evidence or even suggestion. We have as much moose as we want to. Glenn Wheatley spent $204.50 on no, it's not. It's, it's just not. a spurious comparison. There, I love this sentence. The amount spent on the daily prison diet for each of the state's 3,900 prisoners, what? including toast and cereal for breakfast, is less than Wheatley might formally have left as a tip. He might. <laughs> But that's like saying, hard evidence. The amount of money the US government has thus far spent on the surge in Iraq is equivalent to the amount of cocaine George W. Bush might have sucked up his nose while in college. Wow. The word might, I mean, that's a great word to be able to fling about in a newspaper article. He might have left that as a tip. Mm. Anyway, we'll be following the weekly menu with some interest. I've been thinking about toast and cereal for the last few minutes, I must. <laughs> I must confess. It's an occupation that hasn't been ever mentioned food. There's any part of the story to be Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, are we allowed to plug here? Oh, you're sitting here thinking about tax evasion. <laughs> well, what it can get you. <laughs> wow! $204.50 worth of sizzler. Fantastic. <laughs> are we allowed to plug what? Well, when we talk about breakfast cereal, I always talk about my favourite yeah. breakfast cereal at the moment. Then I got in trouble. People in promotions were telling me, oh, we should be getting money for that. Rah, rah, rah. All right. I want to say D. Smith's. Food from the bush. 
So think of that what you will. So you've been doing this for over a year and you're slowly starting to work out yeah, how cash for comment works. Yeah, you've got nothing yet. Once you start down that path there, really? you know where it ends. Jonesy? Flag waving country. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> oh, thank you. It is this here at Get This Around the Nation on Triple M, brought to you by the Nissan Navara, what a 4x4, huge pulling power, rugged good looks, functional, but fun to drive on the weekend. Yeah, hadn't considered that, had you, Eddie? Not at all. Not at all. What about that snorkel you're saying? Well, snorkel buffs, including Scott Griffiths, <laughs> said, uh, look, being a bit of a car nerd, the snorkel is used to protect the car's airbox from water when, for argument's sake, driving through a river. He's right. The snorkel is well above the car. It allows fresh air to get into the engine. Fresh air. Yeah. I probably won't hear this. So please don't bag me too much if you happen to mention this fact on air. Oh. All right, Scott Griffiths. You baby broke up. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, London's in a flood at the moment. You can even drive through the River Thames with the Nissan Navara. There you go. Right. Right. The, the snorkel would come in extraordinarily handy. Oh, so right. Have you seen the photos of the River Thames? No. It's overflowing. Yeah, it is. I mean, and it's just changing London mm. uh, in all kinds of ways. In fact, mm. even the famous uh, Thames television theme song has changed. <laughs> Is that too piss weak to go to where? And I've gone, do you ever listen to this show back, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Does anyone remember the themes, the Thames TV theme? Yeah, yeah, we do now, don't we? Good on you, Rich. Of course we do. Rich. Okay, for that. Obscure television. Ross Noble will, I'm sure he'll be singing that theme. <laughs> In the next hour, have you got an email there, Mr. Cavalier? I've got many emails have been coming thick and fast. Thank you to everyone. Matthew Barry writes in and says, Your segment prelude to a fart. What about trying to make the, make the setup as obvious as possible but still fooling your housemates? Oh, okay. So he's brought an add-on. Now, for people who don't know what prelude to a fart is, this is uh, you can feel one coming on. Yeah. Rather than just be, uh, you know, socially unacceptable. Mm. Why not make an event out of it? Yet leaving mm. the unpleasantness mm. with a witty line just before the event occurs. Did anyone know how to turn this computer on? Thanks very much. Uh, so it's very poor fart. Pardon me. I'll roll the sleeve up for any further ones. Okay, dokie. Uh, oh, does anyone know what's wrong with this door? <laughs> That's got it. All right. So anyway, here's, uh, here's Matthew's example. Throw a pen across the room from the doorway to your housemate's feet. Exclaim loudly that you've dropped your pen, then walk over, bend over, and steal the deal. For best results, wait until they have a mouthful of food. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure if that was a cue or not. No, no. You took your own cue, and I like that. So thank you, Matthew Barry. We will incorporate that. You're in the last mouthful of food. Yeah, that's lovely. Our producer, Nikki, suggested, what about prelude to a shag? Lovely, Nikki, based on that wonderful letter from Scott Griffiths. It's a lovely idea. It's hard to top the one from I, Melon Partridge. Remember when he uh, has sex with that woman? Mm. He switches the light out, and you hear this line, what battle comment? <laughs> That's a beat. That's a beat. Hey, have you got some news? You've got some news uh, to do with our producer, I believe. Is that right? Oh, well, uh, she is pregnant after all. Yeah, yeah. That She's pregnant. We might find some interest in this story in the United States. Yeah. Uh, a mother who planned to eat her placenta. Oh, this one. Does this really go on, does it? Well, I, I've heard of yes. it. Yes. What did it taste like? I, I didn't make I didn't make one, but Can you bring it in? Give it away. They do. We'll give it away, I mean. <laughs> Let's do that. Can we? No, that's probably not. What can we call that promotion? Send her of attention. We'll come up with something. There you go, promotion. Promote that. <laughs> no, but it does go on. I think uh, a lot of. We, well, anyway, so she. Why would you? Is it good for you? 
Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's got nutrients. Um, is it just to let the kid know? Look, this is what I'm prepared to do. Don't give me any trouble. <laughs> this was a bit of you at one point. Well, the court, uh, she's going to have the placenta now so she can eat it if she wants. The court ruled that previously that she couldn't because yeah. it was classified as, or maybe the hospital classified it as contaminated by a hazard waste. Yeah, uh, right. The court ruled that yeah. she's going to get it dried, ground into a powder, and then packed into capsules. Uh, placental hormones apparently can help control postnatal depression. Oh. Um, but she's going to bury it anyway. But I've heard of this happening, as a matter of fact. In mm-hmm. fact, a friend of a friend of mine, um, what they did is they, they froze the placenta. And I said, well, how long are you going to freeze it for? And they said about a year, something like that. And then maybe chow down when there's nothing left in the pantry. <laughs> but until then, it makes a lovely memento of the birth. Yeah. I always thought the baby was a pretty good memento of the birth. <laughs> That's true. You know what I'm saying? That's something to remember the birth by. You know what you could do? You could, you could freeze it and then serve it at the kid's 21st. <laughs> That'd be nice. And then show home videos of placenta's first steps. <laughs> placenta's first uh, meeting with Santa Claus. <laughs> Placenta claws. Oh no, is Red Fleet here? <laughs> got, um, is it out of the pool for everybody? Want to go to a break? The program has been soiled. That's <laughs> <laughs> problem. Everybody around the nation, welcome back. Uh, no matter what your ad break uh, is doing, if it's still going, I apologise if I'm talking over the top of it. Let's get this on Triple M. Tony Martin and Kevley Richard Marsland. Uh, there will be a new podcast going up later today. Somebody here, Paul Hoare. Mm-hmm. Okay, that could be a real note. He yeah. wants to know, uh, when are we going to put the Doctors on Perth sketch? Dr. Freebie, I think that was called, about the doctors in the group of the pharmaceutical companies. Where's it looking to it on? Well, it's on podcast 102 if you're okay. looking for it, but he wants to email it to his doctor. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. His doctor will probably send him back a racist joke if uh, he's lucky. Uh, uh, to believe so. But now, we'll, what are we up to? What, what well, now, what I'm going to say is we're going to put some more sketches on the uh, prior offences on the website. www.com.au Yes, we'll refresh the offences this week, I promise you. Now? Yeah? We've got a song coming up. Yeah, we have. And I feel it's the best time to announce that uh, Richard's favourite band, Daughtry, mm-hmm. will be supporting Tony's favourite band and uh, the tattoo that you have that says Nickelback across your forehead. Yes. <laughs> They're getting up to their touring together. Really? Really? Daughtry and Nickelback. Oh, she hindered me feeling left out, wouldn't they? <laughs> What do we do wrong? What does life have to do to get on that field? Well, uh, okay, well, that's good to know. That's who is coming. Just on the podcast, I know you've been having iTunes trouble, Mr. Marsden. Yeah, but I fixed it all up, as a matter of fact. How did you do? Did you contact a nine-year-old child? No, you with that? I almost had a dial a nerd. I, needed oh, to, yeah. I, I almost put the solicitor out on air, maybe just to get someone around my house. Yeah. What? And just to come and that work? <laughs> just to come and fix my computer. <laughs> with payment, obviously. All right. Yeah. But anyway, I fixed it up myself. Um, I had to download a new version of Mac OS X. Uh, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, so it's the wrestling. Thing. Right. And, and so you had to listen to some of the podcasts that you've been missing? Yeah, loved it. Loved it. And what was your reaction? I've got to say. Well, it was your idea, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I think with the television show. 
No, the actual nation, not the TV show. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the, the country, Australia, does, yes, massively. <laughs> For a moment, did you think it was replacing Akbar? Yeah, a bit, yeah. No, 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 I'm talking about the country at large. Oh, big time. Big time. And where are we going to sort that out? Up talk, back bounder. <laughs> What is the topic going to be? It said, quick as you like, ways to raise Richard Martin's profile. Is it just you? Who's back at the office? Uh, a whole bunch of the writers, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wrote a lot of jokes about being in New York. <laughs> from Well, we're here to help today, Rich. Uh, how can he do it? How can he get okay. more heat, more buzz? Okay. Not love incident. Something like that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it takes two. You go on there with yeah, one yeah. of the singers from Indecent Obsession. Oh, that's absolutely. Same David Dixon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Other, that's the only singer I can think of. In the wetsuit. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, yeah, like on the cover of the album. Yeah, yeah that could work. It does. Uh, <laughs> 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 the possibly just Millsy. Well, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, what about running for Mirror of the Gold Coast up against Warwick Kappa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 we were joking at first, but now Linda Lee has written in to say, uh, check out the Woman's Day online website. That's safe for work, I think, that one. Fair enough. Uh, oh, my God, quotes from Warwick Kappa about his run for mayor. I'll be so sensational, they'll probably want to put up a 50-foot-high statue of me right in the heart, heart of the surface paradise. People can bungee off it. It's normally what happens with cows in the Gold Coast. <laughs> He's just had eight centimetres of his famous mullet cut off and he intends to auction off the cuttings for five grand. Says Warwick, I read somewhere that a lock of Napoleon's hair was sold at auction for thousands of dollars. I reckon if it's good enough for Napoleon, it's good enough for Warwick. We're both about equally famous. That's true. <laughs> Was a better general. <laughs> so, so you can get a lock of Warwick Capper's hair for five grand, mm. but you can have him come around your house and you can get the whole thing for three for three hundred bucks. Well, yeah, three grand. Sorry, in the garage, you will strip in your garage, uh, not in front of men, and not on a grass surface right. for three thousand dollars. You can go to a David Beckham uh, soccer match for the LA Galaxy. <laughs> 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 Them quite a lot. David Beckham played played 12 minutes. Yeah, so for the whole match, they're showing, oh, look, Katie Holmes, doesn't she look bored? Oh, is that Eva Longoria pretending she cares about soccer just so she can stand next to Josh and get in the shot? Oh, my goodness, a shot of a man sitting on a bench? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he played for 12 minutes. He came up for 12 minutes at the end, had one kick, place went nuts, mm. a star is born. Yeah, right. You could do which? Well, I guess you could do that. Just one kick at the end. I'm going to hang out with uh, Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban at the footy. He started referring to himself in the third person. So in the bad style. for Warwick. It's good enough for Warwick. It's good enough for Warwick. Mm-hmm. Is that assuming there's more than two people in the room with him at the same time? Are <laughs> 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 you singing around him? I don't know. What about? How about uh, Divine Brown? Yeah. You what? could do, well, Divine Brown, let's just hear me out first, Rich. Exactly. In, in context. In, no, just, just hear me out. In 1995, uh, Divine Brown did some stuff with Hugh Grant in a car. Yeah. yeah. Now, since then, you'd think she's gone nowhere. Not true, Richard. Not true. 
Woman's Day this week has reported that she's since raked in $1.86 million U.S. from publicity alone. $1.86 million. She's done media interviews and movies such as Sunset and Divine, Marvel and Divine, The British Experience and Divine Brown, Million Dollar Hooker. Richard Martin, million dollar panel off. So a small price to pay, just get arrested in a parked car with Hugh Grant on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> no one's going to remember that, Rich. I'm sure you did some stuff you're not proud of 12 years ago to be cashing in on. What were you doing 12 years ago? Was that sidekicking at the Ann Wills on the Adelaide Morning TV? I was in my first year of uh, university oh, 12 years ago. Wow. Getting uh, no, not at university at all. Did you get boob implants when you graduated? <laughs> like uh, the Italian, uh, the Italian, Italian girls. girls. But they do. They did. Yeah. What about getting defamed by Alan Jones? <laughs> so rich. Tony's sitting over to Jonestown. So all I have to do is off. Is get caught in a trash with Hugh Grant. Yep. Yep. Get some new boobs put in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with David Beckham. Okay, <laughs> bra boy. Can I put a YouTube video out? Sure, you can. Can I have a policy on climate change? Can I put that up? Yeah, yeah, no. Listen to this former assistant New South Wales Police Commissioner Clive Small has agreed to a confidential payout, which will include costs estimated at more than a million bucks after being defamed by Alan Jones. What did Jones say about him? Well, according to the Australian Today. Uh, Mr. Small sued Jones after broadcast in 2004 that implied he, as a senior police officer, was responsible for murders, shootings, kidnappings, drug deals, and carjackings. It's now it's quite essential for an assistant police commissioner to bring up and say, oh, just going to get down to that intersection. Somebody with an unlocked, unlocked driver's seat. Now, listen, uh, see, that's perfect for you, Rich. And this is the adult radio. Yeah, this is probably getting to on the adult radio. Down here at the shallow end. What do you reckon, Rick? You could make some serious cash. Yeah, yeah I'll give it a go. Point Jones here a bit. He'll have a crack. Millions of bucks. Just get one of them, you know, crane things. So, you know, up outside the studio when he's broadcasting, do a bit of a flag wave. A flag wave. Flag. <laughs> Whatever he says, that could be a mill for you. <laughs> what about uh, saying something that's just patently idiotic? Okay. Uh, like David Rain did, this was a clip. I know this happened, I think, last year. Yeah. But they ran the clip again on Media Watch right. program. Richard Snagger, check it out. I don't really understand what a placebo is, but it seems to have uh, saved them. And it, it wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it make sense that every time a trial like this takes place, that there's a placebo on it. A placebo is just an inactive agent. And so it's a it's a cure of some sort. Yeah. I feel a bit awkward because it's all about me. I'm just feeling authorised. We're not all yeah, about you, right? Call cool now with your ideas. This is one triple three five. Back in
Oh, good day, gentlemen. How are you? Excellent. What can you do? I'm, I'm calling from the uh, the high rollers room at Kershaw Arms in Wollongong. Oh, man, you can still have a smoke there, can you? You can still smoke, but you can't gamble. Oh, well, fair enough. That would be insane. What can we do for Richard? Oh, he could give his SIM card to his cousin. <laughs> Again, some sort of uh, interrogation mix-up where, uh, yeah, a whole lot of crimes that someone else has written down in your diary could be attributed to you. This might go on names like Tony Martin and Ben Cavalier. Oh, yeah, you don't want those. No, it's going to lead to trouble. Hey, what, what's happening uh, this afternoon down the Kershaw Road? Oh, uh, <laughs> sweet FA. Yeah, that's right. That's up on the blackboard. Beautiful. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Sam. Nice to talk to you, mate. G'day, Adrian. Yeah, 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 guys, how's it going? We're really good, mate. What can Rich do? Hey, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, card. Hang on a sec, card. Adrian, start that again, bro. Just uh, innocently enjoying a night out at the uh, Rabbitohs game and uh, oh, yes. a few too many ales and uh, get knocked out by Russell Crowe. <laughs> He's a master of one-liners, and with his precision timing, we will be guaranteed plenty of laughs. What's he sporting at the moment? Oh, he's got a bit of a long hair, a bit of a, you know, all over going on. So. Oh. The thing about Russell, and he's also wearing that Benjamin Braddock jumper all the time. He's been wearing that for about two years. Yeah, well, here we go, Adrian. This he's, got a, he's got about 17 of those in his wardrobe, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right, okay. Isn't that a deliberate ploy that he does so that the photographers won't be able to sell the photos? Because then they send it to the magazine, and they think, oh, we've had these one before. Not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually quite a good idea. Well, that's, a, that's been my ploy for the past four I've been wearing the same jumper over and over again. Yeah, it's been working. <laughs> no, it's Adrian. So the paparazzi. Who's next? Hi, Riley. How are you? Hi, fellas. Excellent. What can he do? I reckon the old mate Mars Lando can just hit Celebrity Big Brother up. And there's nothing better than doing nightclub appearances afterwards. Johnson nightclub work too. Yeah, and also susceptible to migraines. So I could really do Celebrity Big Brother. Now, there hasn't been a Celebrity Big Brother for a while, has there? No. Who else would you like to see in there with Richard, do you think, Riley? If we could dig up Kershaw, that would be great. Dig him up. I think he's still alive, Riley. He is alive, is he? Yeah, we have to exhume him. All right. All midday, he's been pop star. All the way Jones, Kershaw, the bloke from Dead or Alive, Newman, Lamar. He's looking very bizarre these days. He's had his lips done by Burrowfield. Have you had a look? Bizarre look. He got married as well, did he? I love it. Burns. Hello, thanks, Riley. Hi, Jared. How are you? Good, thanks, guys. How about yourself? Oh, we're excellent. Uh, what can Richard do? Well, I'm, I'm thinking uh, he could maybe go to Kirribilli House, get one up on Peter Costello for a start, <laughs> yes. and then uh, maybe get caught in a compromising position with John Howard. Maybe <laughs>
Ding. Sort of 
you know, like the statue place. Yes, exactly. Statue's police. Monument squad. Well, it's funny say that, because, you know, have you heard of Richard DeVere and Schnorbitz the dog? Uh, no. Snorbitz the dog. You know Mike and Bernie Winters? Yes, I know Mike and Bernie. Mike and Bernie yeah. Winters used to have this dog called Snorbitz. Right. Uh, St. Bernard. And it, and it was like, because he kept dying. And it, right. They stole the Snorbitz name to a magician called Richard DeVere. Right. <laughs> right. Who then does a magic act with Snorbitz, which isn't the actual Snorbitz. It's just a dog called Snorbitz. It doesn't saw a dog in a bit. No. No. It throws the dog's leg off and then it just chews on it. <laughs> and then... Uh, that's wrong. <laughs> um, and so there's a statue in Blackpool right. uh, in England. Uh, there's a statue of Richard DeVere standing there, all like the magician, look at me, I'm full of magic and mystery, but with a thin burden next to him because he's watching this big statue. And I was climbing on that one <laughs> in the middle of the night uh, with a little man, four foot tall, and he's little, come on, who sounds very much like that? Come on, come on, tight your pants, tight your pants, get up there, come on, now we're going to. So I'm climbing on this thing, and then a, and a fella turns up in a sort of a security van, <laughs> screeches to a halt, and it's outside a, a place called the Pleasure Beach. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a short bus right away. Like a theme park. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like a, and it's called the Pleasure Beach, and roller coasters and stuff. And this guy pulls up. It's very long when it's going on very little pill, but it, <laughs> it, he goes, he goes, oi, get down up there. You're not allowed to climb on Richard DeVere. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I climbed up, and I noticed on the side of his van, because it's the pleasure, it was called the Pleasure Police. This is the gear sounding security, very tight uniform. But anyway, the woman that's on the statue here, she said to me, she just went, Oh, uh, I know a bloke that does pig's nipples in a restaurant. I was talking to him at the gig. He went, I know this bloke, come and eat them. So, next thing you know, I'm in a closed down restaurant, like a restaurant that was shut for the day with this man feeding me like sheep's brains and stuff. And I'm aware that was a high quality sheep's brains. Absolutely disgusting. But you can't eat brains. To me, I always worry they might be still thinking as they're going down. What's happening to me? What's happening there? <laughs> you do a bit of a pose. <laughs> 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 oh, that would be a great film. Wouldn't that be an excerpt, like a sort of, like, in a mimic sort of a style? <laughs> you know? Too many good ideas, and we're under the watchful eye of a photograph of Frank Butcher from East End that, that uh, Ross has brought in. You got uh, a bit of Frank Butcher there? What the hell? Let him. You found me out. You don't need this. I'll just do it. Gratuitous Frank Butcher and more on the way. Right. 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 It's Ross Noble doing gratuitous Frank Butchers from East Enders. Can we have a bit of Frank? <laughs> Ross is telling me we're talking about great British comedy duos of the 80s. Yes. And you mentioned both Cannon and Ball and Little and Large. Now, can I ask, are those like their real name? It was just a coincidence that somebody's named Cannon hooked up with someone called Ball. That's the only way it happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Surely not. Well, apparently, I think Cannon and Ball were both welders. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's that's what I love about all those kind of 
80s comedy, like anyone that came from the UK that was a duo, they all met in factories. Right. So like, it's kind of like, usually one of them is the funny bloke and the other one's like, you know, the fella that used to like, hand him the oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and you're telling me now that both Little and Light and Cannon and Ball are now Christian evangelists. Yeah, yeah, they've found the Lord and right. they travel around doing uh, like exactly the same act, but it's all been tweaked for a sort of a for a, a sort of Christian. So on, on Sunday morning, instead of going to church, we can go off to see Cannon and Ball. Yeah, yeah, but and it's that, and it's you know it's that whole sort of can I sing me song? You cannot. I'm going to do a nice hymn for the nice ladies and gentlemen. Oh come on, darling, <laughs> let me sing a song. No, I'm going to sing about our Lord Jesus. But <laughs> 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 what about uh, Hale and Pace? When will they be converting? Yes. Oh, well, Hale and Pace. They're idolaters. They come out here a fair bit. They're yeah. always on the tour. I went to all the time. Hale and Pace. Did you, Joe? Well, that's, you see, this is the great thing. Like, in the UK, you can see all of those people that you saw on the television for years. And if they're still at it, they're still you know, hammering away. And you can just. Jump in the car, nip up to Blackpool, end the pier, and you can see all these people go, hey man, There was a lot of great footage recently because I think Bernard Manning might have died. Yeah. And he, yeah. Was he like the king of those guys? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the, the, yeah, he was the fattest, most racist, <laughs> most horrible human being. But yeah, and he was always, he, his big boss was Bernard Manning. Oh, well, I've never died in your life. I've never done a show where I've died. You're right. Lied. Really? Yeah. Absolute lies. You went to India. They did a documentary where they took him to India. Let's take the racist, the most racist comedian we can find. Take him to India. See if you can make uh, people over there laugh. Uh, they go. I think that was very funny. They sense of humor about themselves. You know, that's the problem. They dealt with everyone. You know, people. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible human beings. But yes, he died. Well, there was a show when I was a kid. Sorry, I'm segueing too early into obscurity. Because we got a show in New Zealand. used to go out about midnight on Fridays called The Wheel Tappers and Shutters. The Wheel Tappers and Shutters with Colin Crompton. I don't know who was. I about four. With a hair combed right forward. Donald Trump style. And he would ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. What was it? That was like on location from a real uh, working man's club up north, yeah, or yeah. was that faked up in the studio? No, no, I think that I think they did that at the embassy club actually. But yeah, no, that was but there was another one. Did you have the good old days? I don't know if we had we had Joker's Wild or oh, Joker's Wild. Yeah, with Barry Crowder and Liz Dawson. Yeah, but I don't know what was the one you just said. Um, the, um, the good old days was that it was filmed in uh, the Leeds City Variety, which is like an old style musical that's been in its original, uh, you know, its original condition. But everyone in the audience had to dress up as if they were in Victorian costumes <laughs> and and uh, in Victorian times, and then all the actors would come up. But they would do their normal acts, which is with the top hats, <laughs> and all everyone in the audience would come along in period gear. Yeah, it's a great idea. But how would you? How would they have it at home? They have to sort of fashion. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Read some olden days gear. Go along for night in the theatre. Yeah, and that's you know that's what's missing from television now. <laughs> Unnecessary period. <laughs> That's true. I just must uh, quickly thank you, Ross, because I spoke to you on the weekend on the phone and our fridge had just blown up. Oh, yeah. Had a fridge for 20 years, finally carked it. And I'm telling Ross this, and he gives me some very 
very good advice. Well, the first thing you said is, and this just shows a man who doesn't particularly live in the domestic world, I'm guessing. He's <laughs> more obsessed with the television and movies. <laughs> and, and I thought, what a touching thing. He went, I've got to get a new speech. I don't even know where you'd get it, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ken Bruce has gone completely mad. Here's where I would normally go. But, and we love the retailers that have gone completely mad, Ross. Yeah. But, you know, when it actually comes to buying a fridge, you know, sort of it's insanity, the first option. It's not that good. That must be a fridge. But what would you tell me what your advice was? Because it was brilliant advice. My advice is to come to us, we bought a new fridge, make sure, because you can get all these fancy, you know, mm. fancy fridges, make sure you get one that, that holds your fridge magnet. That's right. Because a lot of them are made out of this silvery material now. Yeah. It's not a fridge magnet compatible like repellent. Yeah. And, and Ross tells me on the phone, I've never he- heard a man sound sad. He goes, because we've got a drawer full of discarded fridge <laughs> magnets at <laughs> our place now. That's <laughs> very disappointing. I would buy fridge magnets. I've got some of the most amazing fridge magnets from all around the world. You know, <laughs> yeah. but why do photographs when you can just buy it already done? In a magnetic form. <laughs> you know, what's going to hold your pizza menus up there on the side of the fridge? But in England, we don't have, you know, this was the thing that I got very excited about when I first came to this country, is the fact that we, you know how you get magnets with the names of businesses? Yes, yeah, yeah. We don't have that. Really? Yeah, there's no unsolicited magnets <laughs> dropping through your shop. But I discovered what people give you a free fridge magnet. Because it doesn't matter what's on the fridge magnet, it's just, you know what I did? I took some of those free fridge magnets took them back to the UK, put them on the bridge back there, so he had like, uh, I think it was uh, Wollongong Noodle Pops, <laughs> just on the fridge. <laughs> well, uh, the wife went out and she knew what she was doing and she bought us a fridge and look at this, I'm looking through the instruction book, this fridge we've got goes into Sabbath mode. <laughs> Presumably for the uh, the Jewish uh, refrigerator customer. Different religious settings. Can you set it to kosher? Where it instantly koshers all your food. Well, look at this. To activate the Sabbath mode, press the compartment select button on the temperature control panel for 10 seconds. When the product is in Sabbath mode, the light will not operate when the door is open. The door alarm will not operate. The display will not be illuminated. Opening the door will not affect the compressor or fan. Mm. But it's still on. Yes. I mean, it's still freezing stuff. I mean, it's the Lord making that sort of differentiation. Mm. As long as I've got the light off, <laughs> I mean, I can still have the fridge on. I can still use electricity to power the fridge, but oh, if the light's on, I'm not going to be happy. Well, like, I don't believe it. I think it's nonsense like that. Yeah. Is there a little drawer where you can keep the body of Christ? A little way of dispenser. Just a big boy of body of Christ. Is there a... That would be a nightmare, though. Surely, like, with Tassel about all Lent. Lent, it won't accept any food. You can't open it. That is fantastic. Well, thanks for your fridge advice, uh, Ross. That's sound advice. So let's get back there, shall we? Obscure TV show. Start thinking of them, listeners. We want as many as we can get. Here it get there. Problem around the nation. Ross Noble gave me some very good advice. So when you're going to buy a new fridge, take a fridge magnet with you. Yep. to see if they're uh, magnetised. Wife did that and apparently looked very suspicious on the security cameras going up to every fridge and just testing it with a magnet. But it's all advice. But which one did she choose? Uh, the Fisher and Paykel 
with the oh, uh, the fridge magnet. Oh, which one did she take? I don't know. That's a Labrador. There's a lot about you. you know. <laughs> oh, you got a Labrador uh, fridge magnet. Yeah, I think it's one of the head of a Labrador. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, you go. It's expanding. It's an expanding. Is there room underneath the, the bottom of the fridge for the dog to get the face in to get the crumbs out? Oh, yeah, well, see, when the old fridge went, and all the crumbs were vacuumed away. Dog not very happy. Well, you know that Labrador that was crossing the road in the Tour de France? Yeah. He was going after a crumb. No, that, was a that was a hefty lab. That <laughs> <laughs> bike came off second best. Did you see that footage? My wife burst into tears, literally, oh, when she saw that footage. The dog didn't look bothered. No, the dog looked a little bit pleased with itself. The dog looked like it had gone. It's a good one. But surely... So well, you got rid of the fridge. Yeah, well, they, they the take the old fridge away. Uh, you well, should have done that, right? Couple of bricks. Uh, put the fridge on top, the old fridge on top of the bricks. Out <laughs> <help> the back. <laughs> Every morning, loaf of bread, scrap some crumbs under the bridge. <laughs> Lovely. The dog. And it, the dog's in heaven. Lovely oh, exercise. I didn't think. I didn't think. But enough bridge talk. We're here to talk obscure TV shows from the past that maybe people have forgotten or only half remember. For example, one of our listeners has sent one in somewhere. Where is it? Oh, hang on. Frank Patterson. That's a real name. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, that's Sea Patrol. Someone's called in about Sea Patrol. Do you ever see that show? Right? I haven't seen that yet. This oh. is sort of slightly different topic, but a good one nonetheless. Why is it on Sea Patrol where they have the most up-to-date equipment and modern communication systems? Yet in the Navy comms room with Steve Bisley, you can hear typing. Someone's just put typewriting in the background. Maybe's, maybe we don't know yet, but um, Angela Lansbury. See the disaster she wrote. <laughs> she's just in there. She never upgraded. Or even uh, possibly uh, Stephen J. Cannell. Oh, yeah. From, from the logo at the end. Ripped out the sheet of paper. Run it through the air into the form of his own initials. Yeah. Which is, is not too dissimilar from the Thames television. Uh, yes. But you've got that because, yeah, the Thames River. The, yeah, the Thames. I know the column that we're in there, though. Listen to that, right? Here's the new Thames logo. <laughs> Stephen yeah. J. Canal, that's not far off. Do you do a lot of little things? Yes, yeah, you've got that roll back. What about Uber Productions? The family Uber Productions. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, great one. Yeah. Well, when they muck around with it, like the Gracie Films run at the end of The Simpsons, you always wait to see if it's yeah. going to be like uh, Mr. Burns yeah. instead yeah. of the normal. I made this. Yeah. Oh, that's you. Yeah. Who does that? Is that Drew Carey's vote? They do that. Have you got one of those? Like at the end of your extremely long and highly <laughs> recommended randomist DVD. I, I put the DVD on and put it on the randomizer. Oh, oh yeah. It oh, has a randomizer. Baffling. Whoa. It was fun. Wow. ladies and gentlemen. It was like continuously walking into a conversation that was halfway through with Ross. I recommend you put it on as you go to sleep, like a hypnosis attack. Just put it on, just let it all just wake up again. Yeah, think we What? You need a logo at the end, just you ripping out the, the paper from the typewriter. Yeah. You want a statue? Yeah, yeah. Enough about the end bits. Here's the email I was looking for. This is from uh, Matt Bunnell. He remembers a 70s cop show from the US called Holmes and Yo Yo. Uh, it was an everyday buddy cop premise. The fantastic twist was Yo Yo was a robot. 
That's a good idea. Buddy Cop, one of them, a robot, Carl Stefanovic's dot, only ran 13 eps according to Matt. See, that's the kind of stuff we're looking for. Can you remember any, Ross? My favourite obscure one, I don't know if you got it over here, was um, the bottle balls. Now, what was that? Well, it was a sort of poor man's on the bus. Oh, oh that's wow. already pretty poor man. <laughs> it's basically they, they had a, they, they, the, the music used to go, look, hey, tomorrow, go on, I'm all on the floor. Anything you want, love, just leave me a note. Oh, yeah. A knock, a ring, where you hear the noise of the rattles of the bottles of the bottle balls. <laughs> 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 and working on the premise that, you know, on the bus, they had to go out. Yeah. Right, well, they were on the bus, and then all the ladies would come and get on board. Yes, yes, and yes. it was like all the ladies came to them. Well, obviously, you know, who is more sexually than a milkman? The 1970s milkman. Going by British comedy shows, the people who get the most sex are firstly the Swedish. For some reason, Swedish. Window cleaner. Window cleaner. And then the milkman, who's always uh, around a tap tap. Hello, Mrs. In we go. Morning. And the lady there, and a sort of always a little bit of a. the milkman to do his rounds. That's why there's no milkman anymore. <laughs> all shagged out. Yeah, all curdled in his <laughs> Yeah. So, so they, and they, all the, and the bottle boys used to eat, knocking on doors and stuff. But I seem to remember it was kind of studio based. Oh, oh no. It was kind of like the same front door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the kind of thing we're looking for. It wow. shows that you can, maybe you think you dreamt it. Maybe it wasn't even a real show. Yeah. Just on the very edge of your memory. We want to hear about him. One triple three five three. I just heard him say this sentence off air. Quote, I just bought all the McIvers on DVD. All of them, Rob. All of them. Every yeah. series. I believe they're on special offer at a popular uh, video emporium. Ah, oh, they do. There's an offer you can resist. The real question, Rock, is have you started your Allo Allo collection? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if only, if only there was some sort of offer, you know? <laughs> well, what about shows? These are shows people have heard of. We want shows that people barely remember. Who's got one here? Hi, John. Hi, uh, how are you? Oh, we're excellent, sir. What do you got for us? Small wonder. <laughs> An android they used to shut yeah. in the water at the end of the night and turn her off. And this was a comedy show? Yes, about 20 years ago. So. And what sort of stuff did the small one to get up to? Um, trying to pretend that their daughter wasn't an android. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I think there might have been some robots experiencing real emotion towards oh, oh, But we hate that. We hate yeah. crying robots on the show. Oh, right? Bicentennial Man. And why did they have a robot daughter? I think the father was yes. some electronic companies, right? He invented it. Invented I remember that. You'd think he would just, like, if they were trying to cover up the face of the robot, maybe just turn her off. Yeah. Stick her in a box. The trouble is, if you did have a robot daughter, would the, the, the temptation to stick bridge man would go up here? Would it just be so overwhelming? Well, not irresistible. Thank you, John. Thank you. Who's next? Hi, Sean. Hi, how are you doing, guys? We're excellent. What have you got for us? Uh, there used to be a show in, uh, back in England called The Staggering Stories of Ferdinand de Bargos. They used to take old black and white clips from newsreels or movies or whatever and then just dub over it. 
But I always used to use the, the best regional accents in England, like proper Yorkshire or Scouser accents, and just do a comedy dub over. Just one more thing, Tony. What you should have done with your old fridge? Yes. Take all the shelves and the drawers out. Yep. Lay it on its back. Oversized esky for when you're having a party. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Something bad will happen. Yeah, no, good way of stopping the misbehaving around your house. That's true. You know, that's making a bit of noise. What if you've got small wonder? Yeah. I'm out in the fridge. The staggering adventures of Ferdinand de Barcos. Can we go more obscure in? Hello, Paul. Hello. How you going? Good, thanks, mate. Um, willing and able. I have absolutely no idea. Just some rubbish that was on the mid-80s about two scammers, which I thought they lived on a houseboat, could be wrong. Oh, right, scam is not necessarily detectives. Oh, God. It was Shane Whittington and Grant Dodwell, both from, I think, country practice. Really? Oh, really? God, your memory's better than me about it. It was just rough garbage, absolute garbage. <laughs> was, the, was, the, was the low speed barge chair thing? Getting away! Oh, there's a lock. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, just one other thing, Ross, uh, that I made this thing was uh, 1013 Productions at the end of the X-Files. David Essex, he had a show for a while uh, around a sort of a, a, a canal. <laughs> if you're talking canals, we're sure. I don't know if Stephen did canal. But uh, he had a show where he played uh, a bit of a ladies' man lockkeeper. Oh, he used to uh, wink at the ladies on the barge. But that's just the start. How did they teach that to him? <laughs> David, we've got the shot in the arm, your career needs. He used to wear like a sort of a, like a neckerchief sort of a thing. <laughs> and he would touch them with a barge pop. <laughs> Finally, that phrase made sense. Uh, have we got another? Hello, Helen. Oh, hello. Hi, guys. How are you? Very good. Do you remember, by any chance, a show called Hammy Hamster and his adventures by the riverbank? This is a real hamster that they used to put into a, a boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was and it was clear that they went through about a thousand hamsters. <laughs> and and that is right. Yeah, because yeah, only one other person, apart from my brother and I, remember the show, and I was starting to think that you know yeah. I imagined it somehow. They're the best ones. And what what would the hamster do? Yeah, he went on the river and he just had little adventures. I mean, I was, I was pretty little when it was on, but I was always stuck in my mind. I think the answer to that is he would look terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever situation. <laughs> it, was, it was clearly like he was sleeping and he would go, oh, what's that? I'm going to put him in a boat. And he's up there, right, shake him. Yeah, it constitutes an adventure. Yeah, that was, that was Could he talk, Helen? Is it? Oh, look, I, I can't remember. I, I don't think so. It was like a sort of a, a narration over the top, like you promised the tank engine type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I see uh, Ringo Starr has been, uh, you know, because I know Richard's been trying to master the Ringo Starr impression. Oh, beautiful yeah. Ringo. He's been bugged. There's somebody else taken over, and the fat controller's not fat anymore. Oh, something's down. Yeah, they just call him like the controller. <laughs> but the, the way to get Ringo Starr, <laughs> yeah, the way to get Ringo Starr is to say that Jonathan Percy jumped into the station. Is that the one? 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 Is that the one?
look like a offspring from Tron. And the car, the car was, uh, yeah, a car. With, with fluoro lights around it. Oh. And he used to turn the corners really quick and the detective would splat against the side window. And oh. No one knows, no, I haven't found Hang anyone on. who can remember. This is an auto man, is it? Auto man. Um, you know, take us for auto man. It <laughs> might be auto man. Yeah, that, that used to have a, a very, a very quick turning car. <laughs> that could be a 90 degree angle. <laughs> and did they have a Commodore 64 at the start? That's where he was made from. Well, now you push your head. Well, we know Tron style could be auto man with a Commodore 64 at the beginning. We'll get our researchers on to that. Thank you very much. Have we got time for one more? Yes. Hello, Lisa. Hi, how are you? Great. What have you got for us? I've got a really obscure one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, does anyone remember BJ and the Bear? Yeah. 